Tapes from New Jersey. It's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. And I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. Hey, Darren. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Feliz Año Nuevo. Feliz Navidad. Yes, café con leche. (laughs) Yes. I've exhausted (laughs) all my high school Spanish. Yes. Did you did you have a good New Year's? Did you enjoy yourself? Did you do anything fun? Uh, I stayed home in my pajamas with my wife. We watched the entire new season of Cobra Kai, and uh, had sparkling cider for uh, when uh, when the clock struck midnight. We nice. kissed, went and kissed, and went to uh, to bed at a reasonable hour. We are so old. <laughs> yeah, this is a far. It's a far cry from my twenties, where like, uh, you know, like like in New York, like any anybody who's been in New Year's Eve in New York, you're just constantly like, running around, hopping from party to party, just trying to find the ultimate party to uh-huh. bringing the New Year at, and and you never find it, and you're ultimately disappointed. <laughs> yep, that's that's an, that's how I ring in the New Year. Just disappointment <laughs> right off the get go. I remember. I actually had a breakup right after new year's um new year new me oh shit yeah this this was this was going into 2000 so it was like when everyone's celebrating the 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 changeover to the new millennium and i went i went to one party that night and then i went to another party with my girlfriend at the time and we were like we were in this like super awkward time um we, we kind of knew that it was like coming to an end. <laughs> oh boy. So it was, yeah. Ah, that was, that was not a fun New Year's Eve. Why 2K? Holy shit. Why 2K took down your relationship? It kind of did. It kind of did. We did. It did not last out the remainder of that weekend. Woo. <laughs> okay. We're friendly now though. So she's good. Okay. She's, She's uh, she's happily married. She's she's got a kid. She's it's all good. Oh, she's she found love in her life. That's she found love. Hey, all right, it happens, man. It's you know, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. It's it's good yeah. that you, you know, that you ended it, you know, before it just dragged on and wasted each other's time and stuff. Yeah, new, new beginnings, yeah. sir. New beginnings. <laughs> So this New Year's Eve, yeah, it was it was a pretty uneventful night for me. I I barely even turned the the TV on. I think it was about like eleven thirty. I was like, oh yeah, I guess I should turn the TV on to watch the ball drop. I just I was kind of planning to watch something. I was like, okay, well I can at least watch uh, Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen get drunk on CNN together. That's usually kind of fun. I didn't really particularly want to watch. Miley Cyrus and Pete Davidson, even though they were doing a thing on NBC. Oh, you didn't see the uh, the nip slip heard around the world. I I only heard about it until somebody tweeted about it, um, and I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess that's the thing that happened. And I did, I, I did like see the clip online, and uh, she it looked like she handled that so smoothly. Uh, she like lost a strap or something. Is that what happened? Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't see it until, and again, like you, I didn't hear about it till after the fact, where uh-huh. everybody was like, "Oh my God, Miley Cyrus nipple," and blah blah blah. And uh, yeah, like I, so I looked, of course, the videos online, and yeah, like, she I wasn't like actually I, exposed on camera, though, right? 
No, no. Like I think like a, yeah. like you said, like a strap fell, she covered it. The camera angled. The camera cut to like a different angle. It like, cut to the audience, right. cut to the band. It cut and to she everybody. just like she she turned away. <sighs> she like got rid of the shirt and she was she's like doing the hand bra covering herself thing. And then uh, she just goes off stage for a few minutes and she puts on like a, a coat or a blazer. And, yeah. and all, all while she's singing her song, uh, she's singing Party in the USA. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's about as smoothly as you could handle that, right? Yeah, it was so not a thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, the camera wasn't on it. No camera caught it. It was it was over before it began. So it's... For, yeah, from the descriptions, I was like, oh, was it like the whole Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake at the Super Bowl thing? But no, nope. not so much. Not at all. Nothing to report. Nothing to report. Um, so. Yeah, so that's our that's our New Year's, guys. That's our New Year's. I mean, I, yeah, I, I watched like maybe 10 minutes of uh, Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen, and then some of the other people on their show were really annoying. So I was like. Okay, I'm gonna turn this off. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see it, but I also heard like Andy Cohen really laid into uh, the mayor De Blasio, who outgoing no longer... New York mayor Bill De Blasio. Yeah, he went on a little mini rant. I did watch that clip. Um, I think the... I'd already turned off the, the TV by then, but that really was gave... like five minutes after midnight because they swore in uh, the new guy uh, right after midnight. Right, right, right. So yeah, so uh, and I'm blanking on the new uh, mayor's name, Eric. Adams? Eric Adams? I want to say Eric Wright, but I think that's the name of Easy E's. Real, I think it's Easy E's real name. Did did we elect Easy E to the the mayor of New York City? That's who I wrote in. Okay. <laughs> uh no, it is Eric Adams, yes. Eric Adams. Okay. All right. Right. Uh, retired police officer and uh yeah, new mayor of of New York now. Yeah. Um, so, and De Blasio, from what I understand, not very popular by the time he left office. He he seemed to be pretty disliked on both sides. Yeah, no, no one's, no one's, no one's happy. No one was happy with him towards the end. Like I think I, I still remember towards the beginning, people kind of liked him because he wasn't Bloomberg, and mm-hmm. you know, oh, he's he seems to be a lot more progressive, and he's really gonna put New York on the right track. And yeah, as he when he got sworn in, and as the years went on. It turned out not to be that, and yeah, everybody's glad to see him going. I don't know anybody. But like yeah, I mean, it seems like no matter who you are, no matter who gets elected to the office of mayor in New York, they're going to hate you by the time you leave office, no matter yep. what. Indeed. That's just, <laughs> That's just how it works. That's just part of the gig. Welcome to New York. We'll hate your guts in about four years. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so anyway, since... Uh, we just had New Year's, and SNL is, of course, off this week. Uh, we're at this time. We're still not exactly certain if they're going to come back in January or not. It's tough to get any concrete information on that. We thought at first, oh well, hey, let's do a movie that has a New York uh, New Year's Eve theme, uh, and we're still going to do that. But uh, yeah, reality tossed us a curveball this week, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, it did. Um, you know, as, as you all know, by now, um, the, the late great legend, uh, Betty White passed away yeah. on New Year's Eve. Um, the beloved Betty White. I mean, on just a few hours before midnight on New Year's Eve and just two and a half weeks before her 100th birthday. Yeah. So. I mean, when I, when I, I mean, when I first saw the news, like part of me for a minute thought that was like some type of hoax. 
just because like they were really yeah. pumping up her 100th birthday for a while like uh, mm-hmm. I, I even think like people magazine made a cover of it people think- magazine their issue on her 100th birthday i think had just hit the stands like yeah. maybe a day or so before there's there's going to be a big special about her reaching 100 that was going to be a like a fathom event in movie theaters i'm imagine they're frantically uh revising that now uh, yeah and, like I, yeah and i also doubted it because it was it was first reported by tmz and they're scummy but they're usually pretty accurate so yeah like when i saw it was that i was like uh-oh this ain't good like yeah. I, like you know like i said like at first i thought it was like some type of hoax because it would be like the internet to put out something like that so 100 yeah so close to her birthday you know it's like the same way they kept saying oh ava goat is dead before he died like oh yes. ava goat is dead ava goat is dead and mm-hmm. it turned out to be fine. So I yeah. thought it was I thought it was another hoax. And then TMZ TMZ put it out. So I was like, uh oh. And then more and more reputable people. Yeah, started. you see it uh, picked up by other outlets like Variety and the Hollywood Reporter, and you're like, oh, okay, well, this yeah, they wouldn't run that story unless they verified it. Uh, so you know, the, sadly, this is a thing that happens. So, um, so SNL ended up doing uh, rerunning. The time that Betty White hosted the show, uh, which was May the 8th of 2010, she hosted uh, with Jay-Z as the musical guest. This was in season 35, episode 21, the 679th episode of SNL overall. So, yeah. Yeah. So so that was nice that they did that. I mean, because Betty White was just so beloved. People would have rioted if they didn't rerun this episode, I think. Yeah, I mean, them rerunning her episode, uh, you know, the the weekend of her passing, that, that you have to do it. You just have to yeah. do it. It's, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, I, I kind of do – I remember this episode, too. Uh, I think we, we mentioned it before. Like, May 8, 2010, we were both in way different places in our lives. I mean, back then, I, was, I wasn't even in Jersey yet. I was still living in Queens with my folks. I hadn't even – I was about two months away from getting married to my now wife. I was like engaged wow. at that point. So yeah, I was like a totally different dude back in uh, May eighth, twenty ten. Uh, yeah, I was in a. I mean, that was at least a few jobs back for me. I'm still in my current apartment. I've been in this apartment for a long, long time. But uh, yeah, I'd have I'd have to think like what what job <laughs> I was doing uh, back then. Um, which one? Which one? Yeah, it was. It but, was uh, one of the day jobs that shall not be named. <laughs> okay, let's. Oh, okay. Wow, you. Okay, so I wasn't doing sad. anything heinous or, or okay. illegal. It was just not a job I care to recall. So like, like, so like you were a hitman or something. What the hell was that? No, no. I I probably would have enjoyed that work more. Okay. Um, All right. Gross point Trumbull. <laughs> You know, I, I look at Barry and I'm just like, that that, that doesn't look that bad, right? <laughs> Get to travel, meet new people. I mean, kill, <laughs> exactly. kill, kill new people, but yeah. You occasionally meet a child, uh, a ninja who climbs up trees and gets into fights with you in, yeah. in department stores. That's the life for me. You hang around Stephen Root. I mean, he's full of stories. You you know the Fonz? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, wow! The way the more you talk about this, the more I like it. Right? 
where do I hand in my resume? This sounds great. Um, so, but, but anyway, back to the, the Betty White episode. This, this episode, it came about in a really interesting way. Um, the backstory is basically Betty White was in a Super Bowl commercial that year in, in the 2010 Super Bowl. She was in a Snickers commercial and it was in that part of that campaign of like, you're not yourself when you're hungry. And it was Betty White playing football and getting tackled and thrown into the mud. And of course, you know, Betty White doesn't really do that stunt, but that was, that was like one of the most popular Super Bowl commercials that year. And then a couple months after that, or shortly after that, um, a guy named, uh, let me see. Uh, I had his name here somewhere. David Matthews of San Antonio, Texas. He launched a Facebook page, Betty White to host SNL, please, in parentheses. And less than two months later, there were like a half million people who had signed the petition. Yeah, it's. I'm sure it's not the Dave Matthews, but it's another David Matthews. Yeah, no, I I don't think it is the guy from Dave Matthews Band. (laughs) It's not Uh, crashing. It's not crashing the me guy. No, no. Uh, that would be cool though (laughs) (laughs) um but like putting out a video with an acoustic guitar like oh betty yeah what would you say (laughs) Uh, but i mean that's that's pretty cool because i mean so many internet campaigns are launched and then they go nowhere. And this one just, it's a real mark of how beloved Betty White was. Yeah, this was the uh, release the Snyder Cut before release the Snyder Cut. <laughs> and and faster and more effective. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and we ended, I'll say it, we ended up with a better final product, I'm going to say. I, you know what? I'll agree with you there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, that also speaks to the longevity and of Betty White and how beloved she is, because mm-hmm. I mean, she's one of those persons who, you know, she's of a certain age and I know usually, you know, younger people, they kind of have a tendency to maybe dismiss things that came out before their time. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you play some music from the sixties or seventies to like a millennial or a Gen Z, or they'll just be like, what is that? That's, uh, that's old man music. But mm-hmm. for some reason, like uh, the Golden Girls and Betty White has been able to like sort of speak to like a younger audience and still hold on to the people who grew up with them as well. Like, yeah, I mean, the Golden Girls, that was in syndication for forever. And there's I mean, there's a, a big fan following for that show. And she was also in the Mary Tyler Moore show, which is one of the all time great, great sitcoms. Uh, and she was wonderful in that. And then shortly after. Betty White hosted this episode of SNL. She did another sitcom. She did the TV land sitcom Hot in Cleveland. Yeah, I think it was around this, like this, I think the SNL, like her getting to host it, uh, that kind of kind of sparked a resurgence for her a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I, I was watching a yeah. few videos of the things she did, like, uh, you know, after uh, hosting the show. And like, I guess people started to realize, oh, no, people really like her. People really connect her she's really beloved and that's why like you said she got to be in hot in cleveland she got to be in the movie uh the proposal with uh sandra bullock and ryan reynolds and like that was that was actually shortly before that was in 2009 Uh, ah damn it all right well there goes that theory (laughs) but like she started to sort of get this resurgence where like this younger crowd that 
wasn't around when she was, you know, when she was, I guess, popular or she was putting out like the bulk of her stuff, like really loved her. And like maybe it's probably because maybe they grew up with, re like you said, watching reruns of the Golden Girls or watching, you know, a number of the other things she's done in her life. And also, I mean, she was one of those people. She was just, she never, never stopped working. She maintained her career for like 60 odd years, I believe. And I mean, that's amazing. And she, she probably never went like more than two weeks where she didn't know when her next gig was coming. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's pretty amazing. I mean, because you know, a she's such a pro, and b she was so. I keep using the word beloved, but yeah, she was so nice. It, it seemed like everybody liked her, and you never heard a bad word about Betty White. It was never like, oh, Betty White, she was such a jerk. She was so mean to everybody. <laughs> you know, she was. Yeah, she like she like smacked one of the PAs because she he looked at her. Right, right. I mean, you'd only have something like that with with her being like a joke. I saw I saw like a video that she did with Ryan Reynolds and uh, Sandra Bullock around the time they were promoting the proposal, and you know the joke there was, was of course that she was abusing Ryan Reynolds behind everybody's back, and nobody was believing it because you yeah, know, Betty White. Yeah, of course. So he probably deserved it, though. He probably did. Yeah. yeah. Um, that Canadian nice guy thing doesn't fool me. That's right. Uh, we know we are, what you're up to, Ryan Reynolds. So, yeah, I mean, so... And so the, this is like a rare example of a viral campaign that actually worked. Because, like, every once in a while, it seems like all the internet gets, like, an idea in its head. And everyone is like, this should happen! You know, like, Betty White should host SNL or... Or Idris Elba should play James Bond, or you know this should happen, or that should happen, and this is like one of the few times where the internet said that, and it actually ended up happening. Yeah, because like, I mean, for somebody who's on the internet a lot, like myself, like that does happen mm -hmm. quite a bit, where people are just like, "Oh, we need a new season of such and such," or "Oh, this needs to be made into a movie," "Oh, that needs to be made into a movie," and you mm -hmm. can tell a lot of it just kind of comes from nostalgia, and like they haven't really thought it out too well because like sometimes yeah. something will get made into a movie like a tv show or a comic book or something like that and like the movie will come out and ain't that great and people start thinking oh maybe that, that shouldn't have been made into a movie but yeah. uh yeah like um the, the, the you know the facebook and the internet came through with a good idea for once and apparently from what i've read like lauren had been trying to get betty white to host for a while but like their uh her schedule never sort of uh, connected well, I've, I actually, she's, um, uh, Betty White wrote a biography a few years back uh, called uh, If You Ask Me, and she devotes a short chapter to hosting SNL, and she says in there that she had been asked to host SNL three times, and she turned it down three times. Uh, what she wrote was, I feared that this Californian would be a fish out of water on such a New York-oriented show. I said, no, thank you, and never gave it another thought. Uh, and then this campaign launched in January of 2010. And by March, uh, almost half a million people had voted. And uh, she says, and that's when Jeff Witjass came to me with the hosting offer from SNL, Lauren Michaels. Uh, I only read this chapter in the book, so I'm assuming Jeff Witness is either her agent or her manager or something like that. 
Um, mm-hmm. She says, my reservations hadn't changed a whit, but Jeff, who is not only a dear friend, but has judgment far better than my own, would not take no for an answer. He insisted I had to do it. Over my strong and desperate objections, off we went to New York. Um, mm, interesting. And and she, she talks about just the process of doing the show. And because they did the show at the beginning of May, it was also a Mother's Day show. So that I that was sort of a neat tie-in. And we had a bunch of former cast members come back. We had Tina Fey, Rachel Dratch, Anna Gasteyer, Maya Rudolph, Molly Shannon, and Amy Poehler all come back to the show. Woo. Um, and Amy Poehler was pregnant at the time. Yeah. And uh, I guess it was one of those things. I, yeah, I, I totally forgot that like all those uh, old cast members came back for this one show. I was like, is this like a, mm-hmm. a thing happening here? Or like, wow. We... Well, I feel like there were probably a couple reasons for that. I think, you know, one, everyone wanted to work with Betty White. Mm. I mean, you know, I think especially if you're a woman in comedy, you you want to work with Betty White, just just for the experience, and also maybe you know just because of Betty White's age, she was like 88 and a half at this time. They probably wanted to have some insurance in case, right? No, <laughs> for, for whatever reasons, Betty yeah. White was not able to to do all that would be asked of her. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Oldest person yeah. ever to host. Yes, she has. Uh, Betty White set a new record. Uh, the, like the previous record holder was uh, Miskel Spillman, who was the winner of the Anybody Can Host contest uh, wow. back in 1977. Uh, she was 80 years old. Betty White was 88. Uh-huh. Uh, Suck it, Spillman. Way, yeah. But, and by the way, that uh, Miskel Spillman show. That's also probably best known for being the show where Elvis Costello went off script and played radio radio when he wasn't supposed to. Nice. Yeah. Punk rock. Punk rock. Yo. Um, <laughs> uh, Betty White, yeah, she, she wrote a bit more about the experience in the book. She says, uh, normally I memorize my lines, but with 40 plus sketches to weed out, that was impossible. And I was told we would be using cue cards anathema to me. Uh, that only added to the panic. Um, oh, in wow. fact, I think that scared me more about SNL than anything else because I don't use cue cards and I don't use teleprompters. She says, maybe for a commercial, which is a whole two pages long, then the teleprompter is wonderful because you look right into the lens. But cue cards I hate because it usually means your eye switches uh, as you look from camera lens to the card, lens to the card. So when it came to the Saturday Night Live, I thought, how am I going to do that? Well, I have this wonderful card man who knew my reservations. Hi, Wally. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't mention him by name, but I'm, I can only assume that this is uh, our friend Wally Fairstein, uh, who was with the show back then. Uh, he stood a little above and behind her, uh, her meaning Tina Fey, uh, with cards and said, keep your eyes on me and the cards. Don't look at Tina Fey. I'm thinking, how can you play a scene with Tina Fey and not look at Tina Fey? Yeah. Uh, Don't look at Tina and your eyes won't move and you'll be fine. And she's doing the same thing, he said. Trust me. I did, and it made all the difference. If you watch the show, you'll see that even some of the most accomplished actors around have that eye switch that is just so distracting. And these are stellar actors. Um, so, yeah. And she just also talks about how, you know, the process is like they're whittling it down from 40 to 50 uh, sketches over the course of the week. Right. Uh, 
And uh, yeah, she says, uh, at the time, Amy was so pregnant, she could hardly fit in the sketch. She has <laughs> since had a beautiful baby boy. Now when I see her, I say, have you lost weight? <laughs> uh-huh. Zing! And she says, like, on the day of the show, you run through the show two times in full costume, but it's more more than a dress rehearsal. It's the real show twice. The challenge for me, besides the cue cards, involved the complete costume changes for each sketch, which must be done in one minute, 30 seconds. Saturday Night Live, indeed. Uh, they have been doing this long enough to have it all down to a system, so the only thing one can do to help is to do absolutely nothing. As a sketch ends, someone grabs your hand and drags you off stage into a very small closet nearby. You are literally attacked as someone strips off your clothes <laughs> and stuffs you into new ones while somebody else is touching up your makeup and yet someone else is removing your wig and pinning on a new one. Ouch. Uh. Your hand is grabbed again to drag you back on stage, too frazzled to remember what the next sketch is until you get back to those blessed cue cards. <laughs> Sounds like a NASCAR pit crew. It, it really is. is. I mean... But, I mean, that's the thing about SNL. They've been doing it for so damn long. They've got it down to a science by this point. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's and, a fine, uh, well-tuned machine. And Betty White ended up winning her seventh Emmy Award for the show. So, Fantastic. Wow. Wowie. Oof. Wow. All right. Uh, yeah, so are you ready to talk about this episode? Uh, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's dive in. So that's... That's a bit about what, uh, you know, how the show happened and what Betty White's experience was. So how does it hold up as a show? Let's find out. Let's find out. Uh, so the cold open, we got uh, Lawrence Welk, uh, Mother's Day show. This was a recurring sketch that Fred Armisen would do as Lawrence Welk. Mm-hmm. And he would always introduce this uh, singing group, a, a group of sisters. Yes. Thank and... you, thank you. Yeah, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if, like... Uh, you know, youngsters, the millennials, went on to even remember Lawrence Welk. But, like, yeah, he was, like, a guy who uh, did the show, and he had, like, you know, the, the beautiful... I kind of remember it. Like, I sort of remember it on PBS and stuff. It was this variety show, and I think it... I want to say it aired in syndication. I don't know. But, I mean, it, it aired, like, well into the 70s, I think. And it was just sort of, like, this lame variety show. Right. Uh, but, yeah, this was a thing. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and also, the, like I said, this was like a recurring character that Fred did, and uh, the character of uh, Dunice that uh, mm-hmm. Kristen Wiig would always do as well. Yeah, she, she'd have, like, these, like, fake baby doll hands and, like, this really high forehead. So she was just, like, this genetic freak. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would... Her that character would... was this genetic freak. <laughs> Yes, that would be the sensitive way to describe it, yes. Well, I mean, it's just, you know, I don't think they ever said what her malady was. And it's funnier if you don't. But, yeah, right. you'd, you'd have, like, these three normal sisters, and they they come out and they sing, and they're they're lovely in that old-fashioned Lawrence Welk sort of way. And she comes out, and she's like, nah, 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 nah. Yeah. yeah, I'm not allowed out of the attic, or something like yeah. that. Uh, and, and we have Betty White as the mother of this singing group in here. Right. Soon as she comes out on stage, thunderous applause. Massive applause break for Betty White. I mean, people are just so thrilled to see her. And we also, as the singing group, we've got Amy Poehler, Maya Rudolph, Anna Gasteyer, and Kristen Wiig as her regular character. And before that, we also have Tina Fey, Rachel Dratch, and Molly Shannon as like a juggling act because they're just getting 
all the women in there. Yeah, and actually that's something I kind of noticed, or I had totally forgotten until I saw the opening credits, mm-hmm. too, is that like um, during this era of SNL, the, the uh, main cast was mostly dudes. Like I, when I watched the credits, I was like, oh, Kristen Wiig's the only female in the main cast. Like Abby Elliott and uh, Jenny Slate and Nassim Padrata are there, but they're just featured players. Like, mm. I don't know why I, did, I didn't remember that before. You know, I hadn't really thought of that either, but yeah, you're right. It probably wasn't too much longer before they got upgraded, because this is like towards the end of the season, so they were right. probably upgraded on, on the next season, but... All right. Yeah, that's that's strange. Uh, they must have had... I, I don't know when exactly all the, the various female cast members uh, departed from the show, but uh, obviously I mean, they, I... they came back out for Betty White. Right, absolutely. I mean, I could probably... That's something I should have looked up before the show, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but either I, way, the, I think I think we're allowed to not look up when half a dozen people departed. So here, here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, this is a decent way to start the show. I think. I mean, this at this point, this was one of Kristen Wiig's go-to characters. Yeah, like uh, I think when Dunice comes out, like. The audience already recognizes her. They love the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they love how she kind of has the, you know, the baby hands, and she's constantly shoving them in the face of the male suitor. This time, it's a yeah. real forte. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and I think we at one point we see her kind of playing with a squirrel and attempting to yeah. use the squirrel, like little things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah. And then she she comes in behind Lawrence Welk, and she's like sort of clapping her hands to burst the bubbles. Um, it, it's cute. Um, I, I generally enjoyed this sketch when they did it. I don't remember it overstaying its welcome too much for me. Yeah, no, this is one of those cold opens where it kind of shocked me. It was like, oh, this isn't political. Oh, this is fairly short. I remember when SNL used to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, just, That's uh, true. yeah, they're just a, it's a nice little cold open, sets the table, sets the tone, breaks the ice, gets in, gets out, boom. Love it. It was it was 2010. Things were kind of more stable. Kinda. Yep. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, not much else to say about this. Uh, Betty White comes out and does the monologue, of course. Does a lot of old jokes. <laughs> a lot <laughs> you know, of jokes about her age, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's. I mean, that's also kind of the one thing that I've noticed where, like, usually when you have like an older person like this hosting and doing you know jokes it's usually kind of leans on either their age or like you know them having sex or and talk and doing like you know sexually inappropriate things like like oh it's funny she's in her 80s and she's talking about uh you know getting it on and riding the pipe yeah that was um since you hit on that 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 was kind of my initial reaction to the show i did actually find um my old Facebook post from when this show originally aired. Ooh. Uh, and I, I wrote uh, writer's meeting for this week's SNL. Well, guys, Betty White is hosting. Uh, what do you want to do? Um, I don't know. Me neither. Well, then screw it. Let's just have the old lady talk dirty. <laughs> That's really what they go to quite a bit with her. It, and like, I think, it, I think they went there to excess in this episode. And I feel like that's kind of a shame because like, after you get over the shock value of, you know, old lady talking dirty once or twice, 
it's just not as funny like the third or fourth time. And it's like, yeah, and Betty White was nailing that stuff, but she can do so much more than that. I wish there had been a little more variety of the material. Right. I, I think that's why in this episode, we'll get to it, but in this episode, that's why, like, um, the last sketch, I think, was my favorite because yeah. it didn't lean on that really at all. It just leaned on her being kind of out there, which yeah. I liked. And I thought the writing was a little bit tighter on it. But we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I just felt like at the time, and I still feel that way to a degree, like almost every sketch boils down to Granny's talking dirty. Yes. Nana's so, talking about Nana's talking about pee-pee. Yeah. And, and I know that was like one of Betty White's go-tos, too, and she didn't seem to have a problem ever doing outrageous material. And she could, she could tell a joke. So, I mean, she did everything well, but it just got a little monotonous. Also... This this episode, it seemed like they packed a lot of sketches in there. It, it was like a lot of shorter sketches. Yeah, they really did. Like I didn't realize. Wow, they're really they're really filling up this baby. Uh, I, I was, mean, I was rewatching this last night, and I was like, oh well, they've got to be like halfway through the show at this point. And I was like, oh no, it's like twelve. <laughs> <laughs> There's more show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, one of her fav- one of my favorite jokes from the monologue was, uh, you know, her talking about her life and the show she's done, like uh, Life of Elizabeth and mm-hmm. Mary Tyler Moore show. And then she talked about how she had Facebook to thank for getting the opportunity to host this show. And she didn't know what Facebook was at the time, but uh, she looked in- into it. She knows what it is now. And after finding out what Facebook actually is, she she thinks it's a colossal waste of time. Yeah. Which is which it totally totally is, and you can find me on that website daily. Well, and but I I think that's not entirely fair. Today it's a colossal waste of time, and a threat to democracy. So oh right okay <laughs> yes yeah, that is true that is true it's a double threat <laughs> yeah yeah du- uh. <laughs> it's double trouble now it's gotten bigger badder stronger. Yeah, I mean, you know, 2010 Facebook, it, it seems almost quaint now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, no, now it's a colossal waste of time, and it's destroying our entire infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know. But, uh, yeah, I, I also thought it was interesting. She she mentioned that, you know, like back in 1952, she did a live sitcom. Uh, reading about Betty White this week, she was, I think, one of the very first, if not the very first person on TV, because they, they did like a test television broadcast in 1939. I think it was part of the World's Fair. And she was like the person on, on TV. I mean, God, I, that just boggles your mind, man. What, what a life. What a life. Yeah. What a, I mean, just from all she's seen and all the, and all the thing, all the, things she's been a part of that's just amazing it really is but uh yeah uh strong monologue from what i thought i thought it was... yeah good monologue i mean yeah, yeah. she's just such a pro she always just you know delivers it well um first sketch uh one of your favorites mcgruber mcgruber <laughs> mcgruber yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, MacGruber was was always an interesting thing because it was like always a recurring sketch throughout an episode. So they'd like come back and reprise it like two or three times. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we could talk about it all now in one big wrap up. Unless you yeah, why don't, why don't we talk about all three together? Because um, that, that was that. one of the things that made MacGruber kind of unique in the show. Um, so why, why uh, don't you go? Yeah. MacGruber's your thing. 
Okay. All right. Well, uh, as always, we have MacGruber uh, trying to defuse a bomb in some type of testing room, and no matter where he is, uh, you know, 15 seconds, MacGruber. Of course, Kristen Wiig's there, and uh, we have Betty White playing MacGruber's grandma, um, and, you know, helping her out in her uh, rascal, her little uh, scooter. Mm -hmm. And yeah. as he's trying to defuse the bomb, he's telling um, Kristen Wiig's character, Vicky, about, you know, how MacGruber, you know, had a small a pee pee when he was born and he breastfed mm -hmm. till he was 12 and uh yeah and she's also cautioning mcgruber to remind him to like thank vicky for handing him stuff yes absolutely. Uh, so yeah so it's kind of disrupting the situation and then you know of course everything blows up which is right. always the way the first mcgruber segment would end right he always it always explodes mid-sentence and that's where mm -hmm. that's, that's where the laughter pops right there like as right. he's trying to, I think as he's trying to feed the bomb, he's he uh, lashed out his grandma for putting all his business out there in the street like that. Yeah. And uh, then they get upset, and it's like, I'm sorry, grandma, I'm just really having a hard time defusing this bomb. Boom. Like, yeah. Bear. And the the second segment, they kind of continue with that theme. She's telling more embarrassing stories about MacGruber, like he had a breast reduction surgery. Yeah. And she at one point plays dead. And MacGruber's like, no, 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 she's just faking. And they're like, oh, see, she she peeked her eye open. Uh, <laughs> Boom! MacGruber! Yeah. And then uh, the third segment, it's them uh, reconciling him, apologizing, saying, I'm sorry, Grandma, I love you. You know, it's just that, you know, you're, you know, I know you're upset that I haven't settled down, find the right woman, but, you know, you just set the bar too damn high. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's a shame you can't. Same, you can't marry a grandmother in this society of ours, or can you? And yeah. then he proposes to his grandmother. Pulls out an engagement ring and everything. And at first, you think she's going to be horrified, but no, she she accepts. <laughs> yeah, and as they just at just as they're about to kiss, and we're about to see a uh, May December incestual kiss. Boom! Yep. Explosion, MacGruber. Yep. So, I mean, MacGruber, it always makes the most absurd choice possible. <laughs> so, it really does. That's, kind of, that's kind of the beauty of it. Yeah. Like, at one point when she when he proposes, she says, are you out of your effing mind? You think, oh, she's mm. that's the sane response. And then she right. immediately gives the insane response by saying, yes, of course, I'll marry you. Yeah. Oh, uh, MacGruber. MacGruber. Groups. And uh, yeah, that's MacGruber. Um, I mean, that, that, that's fun. It's fun to revisit MacGruber. And I thought she was integrated in the sketch pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, next up, we got Delicious Dish, the NPR Delicious sketch. Dish, yes. This was uh, a, a return to like a classic sketch with Molly Shannon and Anna Gasteyer. I think the most famous iteration of this was Shweddy Balls. Of course. Who could forget Shweddy Balls? Right, where Alec Baldwin is a guy who makes uh, uh, what were they like, like chocolate balls that were uh, covered in oil, something like that. Yeah, they were like chocolate uh, covered balls, and his last name was Schwetty. I think his name was mm -hmm. Pete Schwetty. Pete so Schwetty, course, yeah. Right, so of course he calls them Schwetty balls. And right, of course, and yeah, and of course all, all just just ball jokes aplenty. Ball jokes aplenty here. You know, we, we're totally changing up. Uh, this time, Betty White is playing Florence Dusty, and she's famous for her Dusty Muffin. And they're eating her special muffin recipe on air and being things like, oh, you know, your your muffin's surprisingly salty. Yeah. 
And then I think one of them says, oh, wow, these muffins are are, are kind of fruity. Is there a cherry in your muffin? Mm-hmm. Which I, I was like, whoa, lady. Yeah, and she says, I haven't had a cherry in my muffin since 1939. Um, I, ch- I chihuahua. Like, I do declare that's a, that's a, that's a sassy little joke there. Yeah, and one of them uh, talks about how she went through a major muffin phase in college. Um, so I, I, I was surprised that they took a long time to set this one up, especially considering they'd already done sweaty balls. Yeah, this point. that's true. And actually, part of me kind of likes the banter before they get into the sweaty balls, dusty muffin stuff, like where you see the two of them are very kind of quiet, meek type of... I guess nerdy yeah. personalities. Like at one point, Anna Gasteyer's character says to uh, Molly Shannon's character, "What's your favorite type of brand?" And then mm-hmm. she says, hmm, "I think it's quinoa." And she goes, "Whoa, that's a game changer." Curveball, yeah, <laughs> yeah, curveball. Exactly. Like, yeah, like I that. mean, it, it's an it's a good parody of how restrained uh, and 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 just very very quiet the NPR hosts are. I'm just I'm getting into that quiet NPR mode yeah. right now. I know, like. Like yeah, I think that at one point uh, Anna Gasser says, "Oh yeah, we band- we've bonded over a brand, our favorite type yeah. of brand, which uh, mm-hmm. you know that's made us from best friends to uh, brand new friends or something like that." Yeah, yeah. Through a brand, they're oh. very restrained. They're very quiet. That's just very yeah, just right. one notch above hypnosis. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You could almost fall asleep to it. So then we go from that to, of course, the the dusty muffins. They talk about how sometimes the muffins can be yeasty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Molly Shannon talks about how one of the muffins squirted in her mouth. And it's... Uh, oh, yeah, oh. I, I don't I don't think this was as successful as Shwetty Balls. I mean, because Shwetty Balls, it had the shock of the new. And here it was just like, oh, okay, well, you're just doing a variation on an old sketch. Yeah, I agree. It's like... Um, it's like when Sir Mix-a-Lot did Baby Got Back, and then he uh-huh. did uh, put him on the glass. You know, it's like, all right, now you're just thinking Perfect about it. Perfect analogy. Right? If, if I may use my Sir Mix-a-Lot analogy right mm-hmm. here. You know, it's just like them doing kind of the same thing they did for Alec Baldwin, but talking about the, the lady private parts instead. It's like, yeah. You know, and also, it's a little weird because, like, okay – you know, balls. He's talking in plural. Muffin. They're they're always using muffin in the singular because if you don't do that, then the vagina parallel doesn't work. If you say muffins, it's like, well, you know, women don't have more than one. Uh, those, so. I, I mean, I hope not. I mean, if you do, that's fine. But if you do, hey, yeah, that's go hey. wild. Um, <laughs> your, your body, your choice. Exactly. Yeah, but they, they keep saying, like, oh, you're muffin. And, I, and I'm just going, like, well, she has several muffins there. <laughs> you would say muffins. <laughs> Numerous. Yeah, plural. So. Uh, there's yeah, a whole tense thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, overall, I thought the sketch was okay. okay but, uh, but, yeah, it didn't, yeah. it didn't have the pop that the, um, the Alec Baldwin sketch had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next we got, uh, the Manuel Ortiz show. This was an, this was a, this is kind of a forgotten recurring sketch. Yeah. And I can sort of see why. I mean, well, first of all, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, this is a sketch I, I really don't think you could do nowadays because it is, I mean, just cause like a lot, I feel like a lot of people find it very problematic, 
but uh, but uh, yeah, well, because like most everyone's playing a different ethnicity, or what do you find problematic? Is it like too stereotypical? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I mean, I think like you said, like the fact that everybody in the sketch, uh, you know, with the exception of Fred Armisen, is of Latin descent, but they're playing Latinos and mm-hmm. and whatnot. Uh, you know, we have. I mean, we have Will Forte playing a gay Latin man in this thing. So I feel like a lot of people wouldn't be cool with that. But also, I... Counterpoint. I counterpoint. Will Forte looks good in a mustache. Mm, you know what? You win. I can't deny that. <laughs> it's a damn fine point. And, you know, Bill Hader's mustache game, also on point. It is on point. It's, oh. Yeah. Um. The basic joke on this is, like, they play like salsa music every time he brings a new guest onto his talk show and they bring a new guest onto the talk show every few seconds. So the show always stops dead and you know, bum, 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 you know, and they, they're doing like a little mambo thing. Yeah. That's it's mambo number five. And uh, yeah. yeah. And that's, and I think, um, I don't, I do remember this sketch and I remember it being not a, not one of my favorites. And I don't think it was like that well liked the sketch just because I think, like the the time in between uh, them coming out, a new person coming out and dancing, and them mm-hmm. talking, not much really happens there. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I know the whole the whole joke of the sketch. It's like somebody, as they bring out another guest, they come out and like salsa dance or bachata or whatever to mambo right. music. And I don't. Know, I feel like the the dancing kind of always takes a, a a few seconds a little bit too long, too. I f- I feel like. In a way, it's almost similar to what's up with that in that it's like a talk show where half the point is that they're wasting so much time. Um, so yeah. they never quite they never get to the point. Um, but that's kind of the fun of it, too. And and you you bring on like an absurd number of characters. I mean, we we had we had Maya Rudolph come on, then Anna Goster comes on as her sister and Bill Hader as her husband who had an affair with the two both the sisters and it turns out he's gay and his boyfriend is played by will forte and then they they say oh you need a little powder and they bring Kristen wig on as his makeup artist and right then will forte's character nelson says oh my parents don't know that i'm gay so let's bring on the the my parents and they bring on bobby moynihan and betty white as his parents <laughs> yeah and betty white's kind of dancing a little bit too and as as best as she can i mean because you know she <laughs> <Yeah>. doesn't <laughs> Again, yes. the, woman, the woman was 88. Yeah, so. she's, she's not like Paul Abdul or nothing in her, in her prime. But, yeah, yeah. She's, 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 she's not quite matching everyone else's speed, but you know, which is fine. Uh, but yeah. and and he and Will Forte's character comes out to his parents and then Betty White because we got to have the old lady talking dirty. She says, "Oh, that explains why he doesn't like tacos." Um, <laughs> yeah, that, t- that that took me a minute. I was like, "Oh, okay." Got it. So we we are now at, at two vagina slang terms for That's for it. Betty White in this That's episode. Right. If I'm if I'm keeping track, okay. He, he likes churros, not tacos. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and like you said, Will Forte describes himself as a, a gay top. I think at one point he does. He describes himself as a gay top. I was like, whoa! <laughs> My God. Yeah. 2010 doesn't seem like that long ago, and then you watch a sketch like this, and it seems like a long time ago. It really does. I, I was watching. I was like, "That wouldn't fly today. That wouldn't fly." Yeah, probably not. Um, 
Yeah, but uh, I mean, overall, this sketch, it's, I mean, it's, I like the energy of it. I don't know if I like the execution so much because, like I said, like it's even like as they're dancing, even the audience is kind of quiet. Did you notice the audience was kind of quiet during the dancing parts where they, I feel like maybe they should have been clapping or something or I don't know. It seemed like it was, I don't know, there, there seemed to be. I don't know. I felt, I felt like the music carried that through. That didn't bug me. Okay. I mean, I, did, I, I wouldn't say I noticed that the audience, because what, you know, what do you do? Do you clap all through that? Do you clap to the beat of the song? Do, Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe that would have helped it. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I thought the energy was good, but I don't know. The sketch was yeah. like, mm, I don't know. But that, that's all I can. It didn't. Yeah, I guess maybe it didn't hit true. Yeah, or, it never really rose above okay for me. So yeah, yeah, there was no escalation. Maybe that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Um. All right. So next we have. Uh, I don't know what the sketch is called. It, it takes place in Cleveland in 1904. And we, we got a big group of sisters, but Amy Poehler is playing Genji, who's like the tomboy youngest sister. Right. She's like the uh, like a Huckleberry Finn, Tom Sawyer, Pippi Longstockings type. She's like, oh, I want to go down by the creek and catch frogs. Yeah. I, and, I did like I do like the way Amy Poehler played it, where like like those old timey type of saying she said, like, oh, crab apples. Do I got to? Yeah. <laughs> like like I a mean, little rest. Amy Poehler she's just always solid and she just like throws herself into that character part and like oh gee yeah, willis Amy, Amy Poehler's just wonderful she's good stuff and uh you but know all... the joke here is that that amy Poehler's character uh genji doesn't want to do any of the girly things that her her sisters want to and, and they're all in like those fancy dresses the kind you'd have like a parasol with right. um, <laughs> a parasol well, I mean, can't you just picture all of those dresses? I don't know what those dresses are called. Are they are, okay. they, are they gingham? No, no, they're not gingham. They're like fancy debutante type dresses. Yeah, it's like Little Women or something like that. Right, right. I got it. Yeah, De- and De- debutantes. We'll say that debutantes. They're they're debutantes. Um, and yeah. and Amy Poehler's in like you know some uh, some uh, overalls. Yeah, she's dressed like Dennis the Menace. Yes. Yeah, and. And uh, Betty White is like the grandmother. She's just like, oh well, you know, obviously she's a lesbian, and it's and it's just basically Betty White saying lesbian over and over and over. Yes, very much so. And it's like uh, all her, all of uh, Genji's sister are not trying to get her in a, a nice new ball gown dress so she can snag herself a fella. And mm-hmm. of course, uh, uh, Betty White is a grandmother saying, hey, you're, you're barking up the wrong lesbian because she's a yeah. lesbian. <laughs> She you wants know, to just stay home and laugh. Yes. You, and, you, know, you know what you get when you put a lesbian in the dress? A lesbian. I I feel like they just called up standards and practice and they were like, how many times can we say <laughs> the word lesbian in one sketch? And standards and practices was like 13. And they were like, then 13 we shall say. <laughs> <laughs> we're on it. <laughs> we will go right up to the limit. <laughs> right. And uh then and later on in the sketch they put her in a dress. Uh Bill Hader comes in. Yeah, he's a captain yeah. of the football team. He's a swell fella. Bill Hader looking remarkably like Archie Andrews. He, he like <laughs> stepped out of like an art he's got kind of reddish hair. He's got the he's got the button down sweater with a letter on the on one side. <laughs> I didn't wow, I didn't think of that. Yeah, he totally is Archie Andrews in it. Yeah, yeah, and he's just like, "Well, will you go to the to the dance with me?" And, and Amy Poehler's like, "No, I don't want to," and, and, but she's basically forced to. 
by all her sisters. Right. And then Betty White says that she's a lesbian again. Right. Uh, I did like the line Betty White said. I think she said, like, you know, if I had to do it all over again, I, I would go lesbian myself. Like, the one thing I would yeah. not miss, balls. Terrible things. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Can't really argue with that. They're horrible. <laughs> yeah. They are. They are. They're, they're, they're a burden. They're, they're, they're kind of heinous. They're, they're not great. Not much to look at. Nope. <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah, sometimes they, they become unwieldy. They get in the way. They really do. They, yes. Yeah. Just, just, uh, just hang out there just as happy as you please. Mm-hmm. Nope. Don't care for it. No. So, uh. And that's been ball yeah. talk with, uh, SNL nerds. <laughs> ball talk. <laughs> This has been Darren and John complain about balls. <laughs> this is our Andy Rooney section. And what's the deal <laughs> with balls? They're just unwieldy. So, um, yeah, and, and this was the point in the show I have in my notes. Holy crap, it's only 1207. Yeah. Yeah. There's more. We haven't even gotten a weekend update. We're, we're only a third of the way into the show. Uh, so next week, we have our musical guest for the week, uh, Jay-Z. I feel like they booked Jay-Z just because it was such a funny juxtaposition with Betty White. Yeah, it's one of those shows where you hear the lineup and you're like, what? It's like uh, yeah. it's like Steve Forbes and Rage Against the Machine, where you're like, what? Right, and and SNL just likes doing that every once in a while, where, where they just they pair up a host and musical guest where you just go, huh? <laughs> yeah. Exactly, like Danny Aiello and Coolio. You're just like, what? All right. <laughs> Did that happen? I'm pretty sure it, it, it was Coolio definitely performed SNL, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Danny Aiello who hosted. Sure. Okay. All right, I'll look it up, but I'm pretty sure. What, what did those two talk about during, during the downtime? What didn't they talk about? <laughs> they had a surprising amount in common. <laughs> talk, they both spent their lives living in a gangster's paradise. <laughs> Uh, but so anyway, uh, Jay Z he did uh, a medley for his first number. He did, I've got the list here. He did public service announcement. On to the next one, ninety nine problems. Uh, he did a selection, like you said, the, it was the intro of O three Bonnie and Clyde. Is that right? Right. Yeah. It kind of it was like the beginning notes of O three Bonnie and Clyde, and then mm-hmm. he went into Empire State of Mind. Which, I mean, for my money, right. uh, it's my like my least favorite Jay Z song. Ooh, whoa! That's right. That's right. That's right. Hot take shot. For, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that hot a take. Just because. All right. As, as somebody who's a fan of '90s hip hop, I do enjoy uh-huh. Jay Z's work. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. "Reasonable Doubt" a fantastic album. Uh, the Black Album is a great album, um, and he's done good stuff. But yeah, but "Empire State of Mind" is just kind of. I mean, while it is a love letter to New York, and it's a great song, and it's a song that you know, everybody likes and can get behind. I don't know. I've, it's always kind of struck me as very, uh, very kind of vanilla, middle of the road mm. type of... Yeah, I can see that. that. Like by JC standards, certainly. Yeah, um, it's kind of like a... It's like it's like the same way, like if you're a fan of Aerosmith and you love mm-hmm. Aerosmith's stuff, but the, like the one song that everybody knows by Aerosmith, their biggest hit was, uh, you know, Don't Want to Miss a Thing, which is kind yeah. of their... Which is, which is horrible. <laughs> Exactly. So you get it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So uh, Empire State of Mind is like his uh, "Don't Want to Miss a Thing," and that and that was used on like jingles promoting like New York tourism. 
And yeah, yeah. because we're here in New Jersey, we're, we're only like an hour or so outside of New York. We, we get New York stations. So we're seeing all these commercials of like, you know, Hey, this is how awesome New York is. And you know, New York. And yeah. So we heard that song a lot back we in this did. era. Absolutely. Ad nauseum. And I'm sure you're, but it was, it was kind of fun to hear like 99 problems again. Cause I haven't, I haven't heard that song in forever. And it really reminded me of what a strong performer Jay-Z is. Man. Yeah. I, when that, when that song first came in, I really dug it. And like, you know, Rick Rubin produced it, and the, the video mm-hmm. was great. I was like, oh, shit, this is... Yeah, this shit and it's, it's one of those songs that just has that, such an incredible hook. You're just like, oh, this is this is just going to be a monster hit. Yeah, and sure enough, it was. Uh, yeah, all, it right, is. I, all right, so, and uh, quick note, I did look it up. Yes, uh, Coolio did musical guest with host Danny Aiello back in uh, February of 96. Wow. Do you think they kept in touch? I want. I want to think so. I want to hope so. I, I, I hope they got together and they, they like just went bowling or something. Yeah, you know. You yeah. know, like, how are you doing, Coolio? How's it hanging? Doing all right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> or something like Danny that. Danny Aiello tells him all, all his stories of shooting the Papa Don't Preach video. <laughs> oh, my God. Or, or being in Do the Right Thing. Oh, oh, my God, the stories they have. I mean, I just remember this Danny Aiello episode. Oh, all right, not this up, but the Danny Aiello episode, just because, like, that's, I think that's where I learned that Martha Stewart was from New Jersey, from that, because uh-huh. that Nancy Wall sketch that he was in uh-huh. with her, where it was, I don't know if anybody else remembers it, like, it was Nancy Walls as Martha Stewart, and then she brings on a guest, and it's, like, a, a guest from her old neighborhood, and, of course, it's Danny Aiello playing it up as, you know, the Italian series. Oh, wow. Like, oh, how you doing? Hey, hey, Martha Stewart. I don't remember that at all. That's That sounds funny, though. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, Martha, I remember you from the old neighborhood. You're from Nutley. Don't be acting all hoity-toity, <laughs> la-dee-da. Don't front. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't front. And, uh, and yeah, and then I think for – and then, of course, that then I think like towards the end of that sketch, Nancy uh, Martha Stewart kind of breaks her – Martha Stewart character – and starts cursing uh-huh. him out. It's like, don't be, don't be putting my business out in the street there, Joey. I'm fucking, I got, <laughs> I got a fucking empire over here. I'm Martha Stewart. Like that. Jeez, I, I'd forgotten that anybody besides Anna Gaster had played Martha Stewart on the show. No, it was a solid sketch. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, and sure enough, Martha Stewart is from Nutley, New Jersey. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta fact check your comedy. Of course. You can't just, you can't make stuff up like this. No. This, yeah. is, a, it's, this is like factually accurate here. We're trying to. And you know that sketch probably just started with some writer seeing on Wikipedia that Martha Stewart was from New Jersey and right. just going to I mean, what? Yeah, I mean, I don't think, was Wikipedia around in 96? Oh, in 96? No. I was, I was right. still thinking 2010 when Wikipedia was a thing. So who knows how uh, they found out? Oh, my God. How did people discover yeah. facts before Wikipedia? Damned if I know. I don't know. Encyclopedias? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They they just they they phoned a friend. I guess I guess so. No, wait. Uh, how how I met a how, uh, who wants to be a millionaire wasn't even a thing yet in '96. I don't know how anyone discovered information. We just we were all ignorant. Indeed. Yeah, <laughs> we were all pretty dumb, but now 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 we're pretty smart. Um, but uh, anyway, Jay Z's uh, second number was "Young Forever." That was it was he presented a sort of a tribute to Betty White. He like name dropped her during the song, and he it was also he was featuring Mr. Hudson. 
Yeah, I to this day I still don't know who the hell Mr. Hudson is. Okay, well, I'm I'm relieved that now because I certainly didn't know who Mr. Hudson was. I was assuming you did. No, like I, well, I'll look it up now. But like for for because guys, um, this might shock you to find out. Darren, somewhat more versed in Jay Z than I am. Yeah, you know, well, I'm from the street, as I've said before. Mm-hmm. I, I rep yeah. my I rep my set. You li- you used to live in Queens, so Q, Q Burrow, Matt Thorough, not not mean. Yeah. You know, and uh, and and the like, uh, but yeah, all right, but yeah, I thought Mr. Hudson was like maybe because uh, the song "Young Forever" samples, of course, "Forever Young," the the uh, Alpha Ville mm-hmm. song from the '80s. So I thought maybe he was like the original singer in Alpha Ville. But what was Mr. Hudson on Jay Z's original track for this? Yeah, yeah, uh, okay. he was. Um, all right, so. yeah, it was, uh, all right, Mr. Hudson. English musician from England. First that checks out. First rising, first rising to prominence in 06 with Mr. Hudson in the library. Uh, he signed a record deal with Kanye. Uh, mm-hmm. Prominent composer on Kanye West 808s and Heartbreak. Hudson later appeared on Jay-Z's top 10 single, Young Forever. All right. I, okay, I, so I he guess, was in the mix. Yeah, he's, he's just some dude. That's how I, that's how I take that's my takeaway from guy. All right. Uh but yeah, overall not bad performances. Uh, you know, Jay-Z is yeah. always a consummate performer. Uh the med the first medley I thought went on for a, I didn't expect it to be I forgot it was like a medley of different songs and it went on for a little bit long and then so to see him come back with the second song kind of surprised me. I thought it was just going to be like a wait, one and done. Wait a minute. Wait. How, how do you do a medley of one song, Karen? I no no wait no that's not what I meant I'm I'm so tired uh, it was a medley of a number of songs and I thought it was that that's yeah, all that, he was uh, that's play. a medley yes <laughs> medleys by definition have a number of songs let me try again okay uh, he did a medley which is a number of songs yes <laughs> and I thought that's all he was gonna do uh huh. Just that medley, and that would be you, it. You, okay, you're saying you, you thought the first number with the medley went on for so long, you were surprised he did a second appearance where he did a second full song. Correct. That's what I'm... Okay. Okay. I'm with you now. I, yeah, I think the same thing. I don't know. Yeah, sorry, guys. I don't know what happened to me there. I just had a... My brain melted. <laughs> it was just like suddenly you were not aware what a medley was. <laughs> it was like, oh, you know, what are those medleys? But they do more than one song. <laughs> What's a medley? You know uh, what a medley is. You grew up on the Sweeney Sisters. That's true. Oh, my God. Bang, bang, bang. Clang, clang, the... clang went the trolley. Bang, bang, bang went the bell. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Okay, so that was Jay-Z's performance, guys. That he was did, a ride. He wow. did a medley. <laughs> he did a medley, which <laughs> we've just discovered contains more than one song. Wow, see? New year, I'm learning new things already. That's right. That's right. Wow. Uh, so next we had weekend update, and uh, this this is kind of fun because it's it's reaching back to another era of weekend update when Seth Meyers was doing weekend update solo. Yeah, I I got a like uh, within the first few minutes of this weekend update, I I knew I was in. For, I kind of got a kick out of it when the first two jokes were about the E Trade baby. And the uh-huh. ShamWow guy. I was like, wow. 
<laughs> it really pinpoints it in time. I mean, because because weekend update, it's it's one of the more tip topical bits of the show because of course they're commenting on the news of the week. So right, yeah, and it it really does become a time capsule. <laughs> I was like, the E-Trade baby. Holy, I haven't thought about that in forever. And the ShamWow guy. Well. ShamWow. ShamWow. Uh, yeah, that that took me back. That took me back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we also had uh, Maya Rudolph coming on as Whitney Houston. And uh, she she's doing some nice character work as Whitney Houston. And I, I really this really made me appreciate like when, whenever Maya Rudolph would do a, a character or imitate a celebrity, she always had like a point of view to it. She always had like this take on who this is as a person. She, she did that with Whitney Houston. She did that with her, her Beyonce. She does it with her Kamala Harris. Uh, Maya Rudolph's kind of underrated. I think. I, I would agree. I mean, cause she doesn't do like a spot on impression of the person like, you know, right. like, like, like Via Senor does or Chloe Fineman does. But she's able to sort of capture, I guess, maybe their essence or yeah. their their vibe and she, be able to play I mean, with she that. She does like a character of them. She's like, this is what I think Beyonce is like as a person. This is what I think Whitney Houston is like as a person. And she just fully commits to that. And it, it's really cool to see. Yeah, yeah. So I think around this time, it was Whitney Houston. She was trying to sort of make have her big comeback. And uh, I think she was doing some concerts and then, like, you know, uh, people were reporting on it saying uh, she doesn't have the voice anymore, putting up uh, mm-hmm. headlines like Houston, we have a problem. And uh, oh, 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 oh. Uh, like the movie. <laughs> get it. That's from the yeah. movie. <laughs> and uh, clever. clever. So clever. And uh, so it's like Whitney Houston trying to prove to everybody that she still has it. And of course, she doesn't have it. I think my favorite part was, I think, where Seth Meyers was like, oh, we were wondering if you could do a, a song for us and sing right now. And she was like, oh, yeah, okay. And of course, the music kicks in and they play uh, How, How Will I Know. And then it's mm-hmm. just um, uh, Whitney Houston trying, you know, get, getting ready to sing, getting ready to sing, and immediately getting tired, immediately saying, hey, uh, it's hot up here. Can I, can I sit down for a minute? <laughs> and as she's doing that, the music just keeps playing in the background. And Whitney Houston, like, kind of fall asleep on the desk for, for a few minutes. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And while How Will I Know keeps playing in the background and you hear background singers and whatnot. Uh, yeah. This was, this was cute. Um, we also had Molly Shannon come on as her old character, uh, AARP contributor Sally O'Malley, who was like, this big dancer and she's like i'm 50 and she's just proclaiming to the world because she's 50 and she's still impressively active and right. i i think this is aged in a really weird way i mean maybe maybe it just hit me because i'm like just a few months away from turning 50 myself but okay. but even molly shannon has said like yeah i don't know what i was thinking when i created this character because i thought like 50 was really old at that <laughs> and now here I am. Because she was, I mean, she was probably like, I don't know how old Molly Shannon was when she started on the show. She had to be like 30-ish when she was on initially. But, but and they have, they have uh, Betty White come on as Dottie O'Donovan and she's she's 90. And yeah, just, just basically like paralleling. Uh, yes. 
and, and uh, Molly Do- Shannon's character of Sally O'Malley. Yeah, and Dottie likes to stand and bend and sit. Yes. Because yeah, we're not we're not having Betty White doing the high kicks. Right, and of course Betty White does a bunch of old jokes, saying uh, mm-hmm. not only did her boyfriend wear Trojans, he was one. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. That's cute. And, uh, and by yeah. the way, Betty White playing older than her actual age. She's she's eighty eight and a half, playing ninety. Oh, she's younger. She's young playing older. Yeah. Wow. That's versatility. There you go. Hey now. Oh, I just I just think it's funny. You don't often see the host make a cameo during update, but I think that it just shows like how much they wanted to use her in every aspect of the show that they could. Yeah, I mean. She was in a lot of this. Sh- I mean, cold open and the weekend update and the sketches. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we got a whole lot yeah. of Betty White for our buck. I think they they knew that they wanted they they had to put her in all over the show, and I think I think they also probably were smart about how they paced it because like we got we got the the MacGruber pre tapes, so that helps space out the live sketches a little bit. Right, right. Because I mean, it's a tough show to do for somebody. Uh, who, who's a lot younger, who's like a half century younger than Betty White was at the time. Asking an 88-year-old person to do this show, it's a lot. It is. It's uh, quite a bit. But, like, I mean, again, the fact that she was able to do all this was yeah incredible. And I, and I even remember, I think, what was it, like, a Seth Meyers tweeted out that, like, you know, of course he was there when this, uh, when this episode happened. And, like, mm-hmm. even at the after party, Betty White stayed to, like, like the wee hours, you know, hot dogs yes. and vodka. He, apparently, like a vodka was her go-to drink. Uh, Colin Jost on Facebook, he said that she, she had like a vodka b- right before the show. God damn. And Colin Jost was like, is that a good idea? <laughs> but uh, apparently that was one of the things that Betty White attributed uh, her longevity to. So. As you wish. It's, I mean. It's amazing, like, you, you always hear about, like, the, the people who reach, like, their 90s or, or up to 100, and you're like, well, what do you attribute your longevity to? And it's it's always some new, weird combo of stuff, like vodka and hot dogs. Mm. <laughs> I mean, if that's truly the way to age gracefully, yeah. I, I could do that. Yeah, I could totally do that. You know? I mean, And you yeah. ask another old person... Oh, what's the secret of your longevity? And they're like, oh, black tar heroin, and I sleep with a different hooker every day. And you're like, okay, well, that obviously works for you, sir. Yeah, that I cannot do. <laughs> that I can. I'll, I'll do anything for health, but I won't do that. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, are we still on weekend update? What, wow, we really were. We, we had also a, a segment, uh, we had. Amy Poehler coming back to revive uh, her old recording bit with Seth called Really? With Seth and Amy. And they were talking about the evacuation of Times Square, which happened uh, apparently a couple of times in quick succession. And they they somehow go from terrorism to the no-fly list to penis signs. Yeah, they go on more tangents than we do. (laughs) Yeah. And and Amy Poehler says, like, hey, you know, hey... Women don't care about penis size unless it's like really big or really small. And Seth goes, really? And she says, yes, really. I told you. Um, <laughs> I always love seeing Seth and Amy play against each other. They have good banter. They have a good uh, repartee. 
they got a great chemistry together. I enjoyed seeing that uh, just recently when they were on the the Kennedy Centers during uh, Kennedy Center Honors when Lauren Michaels was receiving that, and she she pops up on Seth's show periodically, and you can just tell that they just they just really love each other as friends, and they have they have so much fun. Absolutely, there's a genuine love there. It's really sweet. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and then yeah. like later on, then then uh, Tina Fey come out if I'm not mistaken. Tina Fey comes on because they they get into uh, talking about something going on with Greece, and Tina Fey has uh, Greek heritage, so they did really with Seth, Amy, and Tina, and we we get to hear Tina Fey speaking a little Greek, which is fun. Yeah, she's she's uh, she's not she's got she knows some uh, some words there in the Greek language. Yeah, uh, I honestly forget that she has Greek heritage, um, but you know that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's all right. That's uh, cool. Yeah, overall, uh, not a bad weekend update. I thought it was, thought it was mm-hmm. pretty nice. Uh, it was fun. Fun little blast from the past. Yeah, absolutely. It was like, wow. Like, I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen all these people in action. And it's like, wow, this really, this really mm-hmm. took me back. So, next. Oh, so many sketches in this episode. So many sketches. Where? <laughs> so many sketches. Like, God. I'm looking at my notes. I'm like, holy hell. And and this was not like a super sized episode or anything, but it somehow it seems like two and a half hours worth of sketches. Yeah, what happened Uh, to the the show? I don't know. I get that. I I wonder if they're like consciously trying to keep the sketches shorter so they they don't exhaust Betty White too much, or if that was just how they did the show then, and just sketches have gotten steadily longer and longer and longer in the last twelve years. I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, like I, I'm looking at my notes. I'm like, Jesus Christ! Like, <laughs> yeah. all right, here we go. Let's keep. Let's here we keep go. Going. Next, we have uh, scared straight. This was another uh, sketch they did as a recurring thing a few times. We had uh, Andy Samberg, Bill Hader, and Bobby Moynihan as kids who've gotten into trouble. Jason Sudeikis is the cop who's having them all scared straight by uh, the the grizzled convict Keenan as yes. Macintosh and. And uh, Betty White comes on as Granny McIntosh, and very impressive wig she has in this. Oh yes, oh H- good wig game. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean this sketch uh, recurred a number of times. Uh, I think this what this probably Keenan's uh, second year on the show. Like he was still fairly was new. I rem- like right. I think he came on in '08, so something like it's maybe second or third year. Uh, but yeah, like this is, um, a recurring character Keenan had where, you know, he would scare the, try to scare the teens straight, tell them a story about his past and, uh, the story about his past would always be an actual, uh, plot of a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I think at first he tells them, oh, you, and like, I think at the first point he tells them, you know, you, you think it's like, all a game out there, shit is real, you, you know, you, you want to be you know, I know what it's like to be broke. Like my family is so broke. Like my grandparents have to sleep in a, in the same bed, you know, head to foot, until I got a, a ticket from a chocolate chocolate candy bar, and uh, you know, I got into like a this man's a chocolate factory or something like that. And then, yeah, course, it, it's it's Willy Wonka with a lot of rape jokes. Exactly. Yeah. It was, yeah. Exactly. One then one of the teens would point out, no, that's a, that's Willy Wonka, and then of course it would go into a colorful way of describing a prison rape. Um, by the way, I just looked it up. Keenan Thompson started on season 29 in 2003. So he'd already been on the show for a while at this point. Jesus. 203? 
03. His first episode as a cast member was the was October 4th, 2003. As I've said before, babies who were born when Keenan first came on the show, they can vote now. Dude, I hadn't even met my wife yet. <laughs> like, legit. No, I met her in 04. So, God yep. damn. God damn, Keenan. Right. Keenan's tenure at SNL goes back longer than your marriage. Longer than than your relationship with your wife. Yeah, not even the like even, even before we were. God damn, Keenan! Wow, you are. <laughs> I, I I I'm impressed. I'm 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 impressed. So I'm, yeah, I'm, so yeah, I I don't think you could you could call Keenan new at this point. All right, this no, is, I, I think this is 2010. He'd been on since 2003. That's uh, that's nearly seven years. <laughs> I learned what a medley was, and I learned that Keenan. Yeah. Uh, was on the show since 03. I'm learning all types of things in this new year. You know you know who also started with Keenan? Finesse Mitchell. Oh yeah. I that yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Holy hell. Wow. And this was that that was the same season that Jason Sudeikis was hired as a writer. <sighs> he'll I really don't think Keenan will leave the show and like I think he'll Oh God, he'll outlive us all. <laughs> He is the Highlander. The people who were who were in the who were the main cast members on Keenan's first episode: Rachel Dratch, Jimmy Fallon, Tina Fey, Will Forte, Daryl Hammond, Seth Meyers, Chris Parnell, Amy Poehler, Jeff Richards, Maya Rudolph, and Horatio Sands. Jesus. Keenan started. Uh, Fred Armisen also started this season. Keenan. Uh, Okay, I'm I'm going down a whole Keenan Thompson rabbit hole here, but right, here my we go. God, I mean, I mean, Daryl Hammond. George started. W. Bush was president when <laughs> Keenan started on the show, and not the not the second term either. The first term. <laughs> yeah, he's uh... when, when, I, when I put it like that, it boggles my mind how long the, the man has been on the show. It's yeah, he's been there uh, uh, quite some time. As to put, that's a mild way to put it. That's the nicest way to put it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I remember one podcast saying, yeah, Keenan, at this point, Keenan is, he's like a load bearing cast member. Like he's just, you can't oh, get rid of him. <laughs> can't get yeah, rid of him. Uh, at times, I do find him to be a load. Oh, damn. Bearing cast member. I see what you did there. I I just go, oh man, I just go back and forth on Keenan at this point, you know? I mean, when he's great, he's great. And when he's awful, he's really awful, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah. So. Um, I, I, yeah I, I mean, I see... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I see what you mean. Like, a, lot, a few times he can be uh, known for being a little uh, muggy, I guess. Like, mugging yeah. a little, you know, just kind of chewing up the scenery. I mean, Kate has been known for doing that from time to time, and it could be a little. I don't, I don't mind much. it as much with Kate for some reason. Uh, yeah, and I, I think it's just that he's been on the Keenan has been on the show for so long. I feel like I've seen most everything in his bag of tricks, so it doesn't it doesn't surprise me much anymore. You know. Yeah. No, I agree with you. It's um, we've pretty much seen everything Keenan can do at this point, but people just really like him, and he's really good at sort of elevating a sketch. A, you know, and, and making it more than it is sometimes. Like, I, yeah. like sometimes there have been sketches he's been in where 
I was like, if anybody else was in a sketch except him, the sketch would fall flat. Yeah, but, and I've I've seen that too. I've seen that too. And uh, you know, somebody I was impressed by rewatching this sketch was Jason Sudeikis. I thought Jason Sudeikis was doing was offering some great support in this sketch, just playing the cop. And it's kind of a thankless role in this sketch, but he was bringing it, man. Yeah, no, I mean, Sudeikis is always good at sort of kind of knowing his lane and knowing what to bring. Like sometimes he mm-hmm. could be, you know, front and center and be the, you know, the the center, the person in the spotlight, but then sometimes he'll back it up and be like the supporting person. And yeah, like yeah. knowing, not knowing not to take over the scene if he doesn't need to. If somebody else, if it looks like somebody else is having their moment and carrying the sketch, then he'll be like, all right, I'll just back up and be supporting. Yeah. Like yeah. He, he, he has a good, he has a good eye for that. Yeah. I mean, I thought the big thing with this sketch was that Betty White was just kind of operating at a different frequency than Keenan was. Cause she's just naturally much lower energy. And it, it seemed to like go, go kind of fast when Keenan was driving and then slow down a little bit for when Betty White was driving, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like somebody driving a stick shift for the first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it kind of it sputtered a little bit. Uh yeah, I get it. I mean, when Keenan comes in hot, he comes in hot. You know, mm-hmm. I think at one point, like uh when Bobby Moynihan's character was like, Hey, that story is actually Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory, and then Keenan just runs at him and uh Bobby Moynihan's wearing a hooded sweatshirt and he just like, you know, messes with him and like, immediately throws the hood over his head. Yeah, that was cute. <laughs> Yeah, like he's just quick like that, and you know Betty White's a, a woman of a certain age; she can't move quick like him. Yeah, true. so it's 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 understandable that like you know he'll come in hot like a you know like a wrecking ball, and she'll kind of kind of come in at her own pace, but still, you know, still do, still doing what she does. I was so wishing you just continued the Miley Cyrus analogy for her. <laughs> wreck me. <laughs> Uh, all right, so next we have a pre-tape. Uh, I'm just going to call it Brownie Husband because I don't know what its official name is. That seems as good a name as any. Uh, and it's just Tina Fey in a commercial for a very odd product. <laughs> the Duncan Hines' very first companion dessert. Uh, only 120 calories per serving. It's basically a brownie that's a surrogate boyfriend. Yeah, this was a weird one. <laughs> This is a weird one. I did not remember this at all. Um, but if you've ever had the urge to see Tina Fey making out with and then eating a human-sized brownie, this is the sketch for you, I guess. There's de- that's definitely been a, a search on online for somebody. I'm sure you could. I, I feel like it, yeah. yeah. Some type of weird fan fiction. Yeah, exactly. I mean, rewatching it uh, again this morning for the podcast, I've just found myself wondering, well, what they what they make that that brownie thing out of? Because it can't. Is it all edible? It can't. They didn't make a brownie that size. Is that is is that just foam that they've painted to look like a brownie? I'm I'm very interested in this. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the people at SNL weren't like, all right, we got to make a human sized brownie. Yeah, <laughs> like go out, go out to the store and get all the Duncan Hines mix you can. Right, sure, right. No, that seems very time consuming, and also you'd have to make multiple ones for multiple takes. So, yeah, think of all the eggs you got to buy. 
Yeah. My God. That's uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's like it's like all made out of like maybe foam, maybe some type of sponge. Yeah, that's, painted, that's painted brown. Some sort of spongy thing that they paint a dark brown. Yeah, and I'm sure they told Tina, "All right, eat eat here, but don't eat anywhere outside of here because that's that's painted that's a painted sponge. That that's the toxic part. <laughs> <laughs> you signed a waiver, so just make sure you eat right here. Yeah." But, I mean, this was cute. I thought it was funny. I mean, it went really over the top at the end where they were like, oh, and it has a warm burst of caramel surprise. I was like, whoa. Yeah, like she was like, and she was like licking it. I was like, oh, my, this is, oh. This is graphic. (laughs) Naughty lady. Um, so next, uh, we have CSI Sarasota. Uh, this was. Uh, Rachel Dratch and Betty White teaming up as Cy Horowitz and <laughs> Betty White is playing David Caruso's great aunt Vivian Caruso and they're trying to solve what they think are murders at an, at an old age home. Right, and it's uh, airing on CBS, the channel for old people. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's basically two elderly people solving crimes at nursing homes, uh, CSI style. Well, what they think are crimes. It's really just what people passing away of natural causes. But they're they're looking at them being like, who's responsible? Immigrants. Because they're <laughs> old and they're very prejudiced. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was an okay sketch. Um, mm-hmm. I know Colin Jost posted on his um, social media page that he actually uh, wrote this sketch back when he was a, a lowly writer on mm-hmm. SNL. Along with, he wrote this and the uh, Scared Straight sketch. Like, he posted it up on his uh, face Facebooks. Yeah, and I didn't realize until you posted that from the SNL Nerds Facebook account. I was like, Colin Joseph's on Facebook? I had no idea. Dude, I had no idea either. I, it, it shocked me. I was like, oh, why, why aren't I following this guy? Yeah, I was just like, I would have thought that Colin Joseph would be more private than that. Um, yeah, not so much. Just, just because he's married to Scarlett Johansson alone. I mean, if I was married to a uh, someone who is that famous, I think I would be pretty private. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would be. I wouldn't be on any of the social meds. Yeah, like I, I would just be there enjoying my my beautiful uh, superstar MCU wife. <laughs> yes, yes, and <laughs> that's the dream. Enjoy never, ever, ever, ever having to worry about money and, oh. you know, get like so rich that you can sue Disney and not be crushed like a bug. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so rich that I could probably buy a, like, or I could probably get my hands on my own replica of the uh, Captain America shield. That yes. would be nice. Yes. Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Um, but I mean, this was cute. Uh, it also reminded me of like, in the early 2010s when CSI Miami was kind of a big show and you always had those memes of David Caruso taking off or putting on his sunglasses after making a horrible pun. Exactly. And this sketch, I mean, this entire sketch is pretty much like, it seems like they seem like they came up with the puns first and then wrote the sketch around it. Yeah, probably. You know, like, like in one of the lines it has Betty White, Saying, uh, looks like he's fallen. And then she put on her big blue blocker, a uh, Kumo D old people sunglasses. And she said, looks like she's fallen and he'll never get up. Yeah. yeah. And then we get the Who song. 
kicking right. in. So, yeah. Um, so this was all right. It's it's always amusing to see Rachel Dratch play an elderly Jewish man. <laughs> Again, another uh, online web search. Yeah, she she's very good at that though. I, you know, it's like I'm I'm. What was her character name? It was Cy something. Uh, Cy Horowitz. Yes, that's a great name too. Yeah, the most like the most Jewish of Jewish names. Yeah, yeah, and they really seem to be like parceling out Betty White in this episode. I think she got to do like a a, a two scene with just about every female cast member who came back. You know. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah, it seemed like everybody got to have their moment with Betty White, which was nice. They're parceling out the Betty White. That's pretty, that's lovely. Mm hmm. Hey, you think we'll catch this guy? It's like my underwear. <laughs> Depends. Yeah! Uh, so next, uh, we're getting towards the end of the show. Still not at the end of the show. My, oh my God. This it's, show. It's, it's like a marathon watching this thing. I, I, I'm. I don't. I've never had an episode of SNL feel this long, and it's not in a bad way. But it's just like there are so many sketches in there. I've not. I've not counted them. But my God, uh, next we have a, a digital short with uh, everybody in the SNL cast singing "Thank You for Being a Friend" to Betty White, the the theme from the Golden Girls. And it just seems like a really sweet thing. And Betty White goes, oh, thank you. That was lovely. And she's like, but I prefer my version. And then she puts on a face mask and starts singing like a thrash metal version. Yeah. And then like, yeah, then all these people in black come out and they start like, you know, mosh pitting, uh, fist mm -hmm. fights. I think I think at one point, Betty White's like dry humping a dude's uh, backside. Uh, right. As you do. As you do. You know, yeah. it's, you, know you want to be polite. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Sudeikis takes a picture of it on his phone. And uh, somebody gets hit with a two-by-four, and then suddenly everybody's, like, punching everybody. It's just, like, this big death metal, thrash metal uh, melee. Yeah. Did not see the turn in this one coming. <laughs> I'd kind of forgotten about this, so. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and at the end, she's like, oh, hey, happy Mother's Day, everybody. Yeah. And, uh, oof. It's, uh, it's, I think it's cute. It's sweet. Short. You know, the no yeah. welcome. Exactly. Not too, shab not too shabby. Yeah. And and I like how they had her, you know, put the mask on so they could more easily double Betty White. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm sure they said, all right, Betty, we had this idea for a video where you uh, do some thrash metal stuff and you punch a dude in the face yeah. and you like dry hump another guy and get hit with a two by four. I'm sure yeah. she was like, can we get a stunt person to do that? Because oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm... I'm 88. <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, next we have a sketch called Census Taker. Uh, this is just a twofer with uh, Betty White and Tina Fey, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes. Um, she's coming over to do the census, and Betty White just gives utterly bizarre answers. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, this is a pretty simple sketch. Just two mm -hmm. people... And uh, I think, like I said, this is, I kind of prefer this sketch. I think this was a, my favorite sketch where it's like a simple premise and a lot of Betty White's like jokes don't let, don't rely on her age or the, you know. Or being, being perverted or. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like yeah. at one point, Tina Fey says, oh, how many, you know, I'm here to take the census. How many people live at this residence? She says zero. And then Tina Fey is like, oh, uh, you don't live here? 
And then Betty White says, oh, including me? Three. Yeah. Like, quick uh, little things like that, I thought. And I liked the when she said, uh, Tina Fey asked her about, like, her, her racial background. She said, says, oh, well, I'm superior to Asians, but not as intelligent. Um, I think not as intelligent as blacks. Oh, is that what she said? Okay, I'm yeah. the tail end of that. Yeah, and I was like, "Whoa, that is I, I, I like I, I was trying to think, was that racist? Because she's saying she's not as smart as black people, but she's a superior to Asian. So, like, should I be triggered? I was, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, this was basically a rewrite of a classic Christopher Walken sketch where Tim Meadows comes around, and again, it was the census and. Uh, Chris Walken's just giving bizarre answers. I didn't think it was quite as good as the Walken sketch again, because you don't have that thrill of the new. Right. Oh, uh, I totally but, forgot. But I about thought it worked well. I thought it was a solid sketch. I think it honestly should have been uh, earlier in the show. I agree. I think they should have bumped this up. Some. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Christopher yeah. Walken sketch. I should, I should go back and give that a look. See. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, there were, I remember Tim Meadows asking Christopher Walken, like, well, how many people live in this apartment? And and Walken is counting the candy bars. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he has, like, a passport, and it's like a card with a sexy nurse on it. Um, you know. I, yeah. yeah, and of course, I think most people remember the fact that uh, Tina Fey asked her, what's your name? And she says, Blarf and Garf. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, how's that smelled? How's that spelled? Smelled. Jesus. How's that spelled? Uh, S M I T H. Yes. So um, this was this maybe it was late in the show just because it's such a simple sketch to stage. I mean, it's just a you know one simple set, not a lot of blocking. Maybe that was why. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, this sketch it actually kind of felt like an old school sketch. Like it felt like something maybe you would have seen in like maybe one of the the first five years of SNL or mm-hmm. yeah, like or maybe it's like a sketch somebody had left over from their days in the groundlings or second city it felt like a very like old it had like a very like old school feel to it which i really dug mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh and then lastly we had an older pre-tape segment a fake commercial for mom jeans uh yeah this is a. Uh, i'm surprised i was surprised to see this one too because this is like a old sketch like i think i remember this from back when tina and amy and maya were on the show yeah, no, it's definitely from their era, and I'm wondering if it was just put in because they were short for time or something. Maybe, because um, like, I remember, yeah, Chris Parnell was in it, too, so I was like, whoa, this mm-hmm. is... And maybe because it's, mo- it's the Mother's Day uh, special, too? Yeah, that's probably it. That That's probably the connection. I wasn't thinking of that, but yeah, Mom Jeans makes total sense for a Mother's Day show. Yeah, so I mean, in this uh, pre-tape, it's just basically... All these uh, middle-aged women modeling mom jeans, kind of frolicking in mm-hmm. like uh, outdoors by the car, and of course, yeah, a lot of the these high-waisted uh, early '90s style jeans that are just very light by today's standards. And right, yeah, like, like when when jeans were like at the very top of a woman's hips, yes, like right <laughs> around the waist, right, <laughs> just right, right by the navel, right, uh, nine-inch zipper in the front, stonewashed mm-hmm. jeans. Pleats. Uh, <laughs> pleats. Oh, the pleatest of pleats. You never see the pleats in jeans anymore. You don't. Some, somebody bring back pleats, if you could. No, that's okay. I'm, I'm good oh. with no pleats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, just a jean that says, I'm not a woman anymore. I'm a mom. Yeah. 
this this is was cool because it's I mean it's written by a definite female point of view. I mean you you would not have a guy writing this sketch, and that's cool. I mean I I, I always like I, I think you get a better show overall if you have like a diversity of views. You know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean I don't even like as I don't even know if like if a guy could write a sketch like this. I don't even know if they'd know where to start or even if they would like if this idea would even come to them. Yeah. I mean, I remember in the live from New York oral history book, uh, one of the writers, it might've been Tina Fey, but I can't remember for sure. They, they, they said that they'd like gone shopping and they'd accidentally bought a pair of mom jeans. And I think somebody else on the staff were like, what are mom jeans? And so they just, they Ooh. wrote this sketch to, and now an entire generation or two of people know what mom jeans are. Look at that. Tina Fey teaching the youth. Yeah. Performing a public service. P.S.A. Uh, but, that was it, yeah. right? Oh! <laughs> what, you... The quote Wong, what, you wanted more? Yeah. It's, uh... And we just had the good nights. Uh, Betty White said uh, she called herself a very scared but happy host. And uh, we see Kenan Thompson and Kristen Wake present Betty White with two giant bouquets of flowers, which, you know, very sweet. And we, we're seeing everybody, like, give Betty White a kiss on the cheek. Yeah, a standing ovation, too. I think at one point, Keenan was like, everybody, get up, get up. And everybody stood yeah. up and applauded for her. So, I mean, you can you can tell they really loved having her there and that it was a it was an event. Yeah, no, this was a this was a big old deal. And uh, yeah, pretty solid episode. I mean, overall, I think this was like a nice little fun vibe to it. I think mm-hmm. I, I really I did, did. I did dig this episode overall. Yeah. I do think it got a little monotonous because I think they went to the old lady talks dirty well a little too often. Yeah, uh, fair enough, fair enough. But I get it because she's one of those hosts who's who seemed game for just most anything. Right. So, yeah, why not push the limit? What the hey? Just putting as many wiener jokes in there as you want. Yep. Um. Yeah. Solid episode, and um, that's our episode, guys. Our our tribute yeah. to the uh, late great Betty White. Late great Betty White. I mean, we're we're gonna miss her. I mean, she'd been around for so long. She she really seemed like she was always gonna be around. But honestly, we were just lucky to have her around for as long as we did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, guys, if you, if uh, I mean, I'm sure most of you listening probably know her by, of course, the Golden Girls. Uh, which is a phenomenal show. One of the best sitcoms. Mm-hmm. One of the best sitcoms ever, maybe? It's def- it's definitely up there. It's, I mean, wouldn't I mean, be on my list, but if somebody wants to say that's one of the best sitcoms ever, I'm not going to argue with them too hard. Okay. But yeah, either way, check out her other work, too. The, her other, the other things she's done. Uh, Mary Tyler Moore show. Uh, Mary Tyler Moore. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Life with Elizabeth from back in the day. Uh you know, the time she was on uh, the Carol Burnett show, mm-hmm. on uh, those Mama Family sketches. It's the... That episode of The Odd Couple that she did where, where Felix and Oscar go on Password, because her husband, uh, her late husband, Alan Ludden, uh, was the host of Password for forever. So she guest starred on that a lot. Oh, wow. I don't even remember that. Yeah. That's one of the classic Odd Couple episodes. Ooh. All right. I'll, I'll give that a look-see. Yeah. Go, go, go Google Odd Couple and Password and... Uh, be prepared to laugh. <laughs> yes, we're giving you the gift of laughter here on this podcast. Yes. Uh, but yeah, check out her work. I mean, she will be missed. National mm-hmm. treasure. 
R.I.P. Betty White. R.I.P. Betty White. And our condolences to the producers of that 100th anniversary special and the editors of People Magazine. Uh, uh, yeah. You guys got screwed. <laughs> I yeah, mean, like, there's no two ways about it. <laughs> I, I remember seeing... You some... took a bet and you lost. <laughs> <laughs> you lose. Good day, sir. <laughs> I remember seeing somebody on uh, Twitter basically saying that uh, the for People Magazine, them yeah. putting out that, um, you know, Betty White turned 100, that's basically their Dewey, def- Dewey defeats Truman. Yeah, yeah, more or less, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I also, I did hear that um, that 100-year documentary that was planned is still going to air. So I'm sure, but I'm sure they're going to, like, edit yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they can make that work with, like, a little re-editing and they, they tape a new segment or something like that. And I'm, I'm sure, sure like, the rest of it will still work beautifully and be highly entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> but, like... you know, the, the People Magazine people... Yeah, you're screwed. <laughs> so if, you, if you see that magazine on your newsstands, collect it. That's a collector's item right there. It is. Instant collector's item, man. That's right. You collect it and you frame it. You save it for your uh, kid's college fund. Um, let's see. We did get a response uh, from Sarah at Conscious Deer. Uh, says, uh, I have to ask if the Hulu version was sliced. Did she appear in all the sketches? Um, oh. yeah, as far as I can remember, uh, Betty White was in all the sketches. I mean, she's even an update. She, she gets a shout out during Jay-Z's second song. Uh, yeah, Betty no, she's little... all over this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, John, she was, yeah. uh, she was, she was in this motherfucker. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, this episode, you can also see it, of course, on Peacock and Hulu, but, you know, mm-hmm. without the Jay-Z performances because licensing. But, uh, yeah, I think for the most part, she's in pretty much everything. She's, uh, yeah. she's, uh, she's, she's in this, she's in this bitch. She's in this bitch. And boy, you know what? I want to officially count and see how many sketches, like, okay, do we, do we count McGruber as one sketch or three sketches? Uh, it's kind of as one. Okay. So that's two, three, four, five, six, seven, counting update, um, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. That's a lot. <laughs> Dude, that would exhaust me. Now, yes, I'm exhausted just reading those numbers. Uh, And she hung out at the after party? Come on. And she hung out at the after party uh, having vodka and hot dogs, according to Seth Meyers. And and closed out the joint. My God. If we could all age as gracefully as Betty White, you're living a good life, man. That's, That's the dream. That's the goal right there. Yeah. I mean, in my 20s, maybe I could have done that, but now, nah. Nah, son. I mean, we're finishing this podcast. I'm going to go lie down for an hour. Yeah, I need, I'm going to ice down my knees and rest after this. Exactly, exactly. So, um, well, you know, rest in peace, Betty White. We're going to miss you. R.I.P. And uh, yeah, uh, that's our episode, guys. Thanks again for listening, as always. 
Uh, you know, as always, you can follow us on the Twitter at SNL Nerds Show. Yep. And, um, you know, you could donate to our little Patreon at non-productive.com. Mm-hmm. Give us some money. Help us out here. Come on, brother. Can you spare and, and a gun? And get some bonus content for that uh, because we we now we typically keep recording after we get finished talking about the show and then we'll we'll just go on other weird tangents. So if you enjoy our tangents on this show, donate to the Patreon and you'll you'll get some bonus content. Yeah, you can hear the stuff that's too hot for the podcast. That's right. <laughs> Sizzle. Honey. And, uh, and what are we going to talk about this time? We don't know. We don't know, man. It could be we, anything. We find out when you do. Yeah, could be about Spider-Man, could be about I don't know what's going on in the Middle East. I don't even know, man. Hey, it's probably about... going to be about Spider-Man. Probably, yeah. Let's, I, let's I, be real. Spider-Man or the Hulk. If I was a betting man, yeah. Yeah. And uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Darren Credible. That's D-A-R-I-N Credible. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Trumbull Comic. That's T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L and the word comic. Indeed. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode. I think we're still kind of trying to figure out and feel out what's coming up next. But um, once we figure it out, my friend, you got, you got yourself it, a hot it, little it, It's going to be one or two things. We, we originally yeah. had some things planned that had a New Year's connection. And I think we can still do those. But if the show comes back early, I don't think it's going to come back for, for uh, the 8th at this point. That, that seems optimistic right yeah like i think with the way things are going with uh the omnicrons yeah and the covids it's yeah i don't know it's, i shake the magic eight ball and it's like does not look good yeah we and and people should stay safe don't don't put on a show if you don't have to don't be a hero yeah, exactly so uh so we'll be back next week with something else some sort of content we've generated ourselves because damn it we just keep on going keep on keeping on keep on keeping on so we'll see you then and until then nerds out this has been a non-productive media presentation executive producer frank hablawi this program and many others like it on the non-productive network is distributed under a creative commons attribution non-commercial no derivatives license please share it but ask before trying to change it or sell it for more information visit non-productive.com <laughs>